And hello and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. You know, Matt, for this very special 103rd episode, I wanted to start off with a big musical number from Andrew WK, but unfortunately he wouldn't return my calls. He said he was busy. He was busy at E3, yeah. Uh, yes, everyone, that's, that's what's happening right now. E3 is in full swing as we record this. And because Matt and I care so much, we actively stopped and came back to do this. Yeah, so we were in the middle of watching the Bethesda conference, and yeah, we just we stopped because we want to give you guys something for once. We want to give you something because you know because we care that fully and deeply. Actually, Matt and I, if I didn't travel, we were actually talking about like maybe streaming it this year. But again, I'm in a different time zone, and it's a whole it's a whole freaking thing. It's a whole thing, yeah. But believe it or not, we actually do have. A heaping helping of news for you, everyone, for your eyes, for your ears, and for whatever other parts you may want to put news inside. That's fine. I won't tell anyone. <laughs> and uh, for the first time in a long time, we're actually going to talk about what we read this week. It feels like it's been months since we've done that, and maybe it has been because we've had so many friggin' movies and everything we've had to talk about. It's been a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And it's the Tom King Batman week, so... Yeah, so you know, we need to talk about it. <laughs> We need to get comfy, everyone, because you're going to be in for it. It's, it's going to happen. It's, it's, it's going to happen. <laughs> but uh, first off, we have some rather interesting news coming out of a Marvel event, and that would be Spider-Geddon. I don't think we really knew what this was about or what to expect from it, but yeah, it's kind of like a sequel to Spider-Verse. It's going to star basically any and all of your favorite multiversal Spider-People. Yeah, it, it it looks interesting. Being that it's an event from uh, following on from Spider Verse, I didn't read Spider Verse, so like I don't know whether I'd have to see like if it's if it's like a direct sequel and references think, stuff and from that. I think all you need to know is these characters know each other and had a previous adventure. If that's the case, I'll read it. It looks to be that's all you got to know about it. What caught my eye about it is I'm like, okay, Spider getting you know, is this. That seems to be a lot to put on Nick Spencer when he's just starting. I don't think Dan Slott's going to write it. He's out the door. Uh, no, it's neither. It's not even Chip Zdarsky. It's Christos Gage who's going to be taking the helm on this one. Very interesting pick. Yes. In fact, just by having his name brought up as being the mind behind this took me from not giving a shit about Spider-Geddon to actually giving a shit about it. <laughs> it, it seems like it's going to be a really cool event, and with him writing it now, I'm, I'm equally interested now. Gage knows Spider-Man, has a deep, deep knowledge of continuity and multiverses and everything, uh, is a massive fan in his own right, and is just, just a you know, continuous workhorse of a writer who I don't think ever gets enough credit and gets enough play, and I would just like to you know, read this and review it and buy it and get other people to buy it in hopes that maybe they'll give him more big jobs like this. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to see what it does. I wonder if it's going to also tie, because all these events have tie-ins and everything, mm. um, tie-in with uh, Nick Spencer's stuff. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe we'll find out. Uh, but yeah, Spider-Geddon, from not being on my map to actually kind of being on my map now. And again, like I said... <laughs> If you have a favorite Spider person, you know, maybe it's, you know, Spider Gwen, maybe it's Mayday Parker, maybe it's the ultimate Spider Girl clone or any of the other things. Guess what? They're all in here. Yep, they, 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 that, that art that they released for it was really cool. It had like, like every Spider Man ever on it. 
It's a really nice poster. Uh, another piece of news we have here, and I feel like we've reported this news three times in three completely different ways, but here, let me do it again. Uh, Wolverine is coming back, Matt. Yeah, yeah, it, the, but this time it, it's true, guys. It's true. Yeah. Which, again, it's like, hasn't he been coming back for a bit? Yeah, he's been back. He's been, like, in the background of books, and he was in the beginning of Infinity Countdown. <laughs> but now it's official. He's back. We see what his new costume looks like, and it looks like his old costume. <laughs> it's literally his old costume. Yep. In what will kind of become a theme when we're talking about Marvel uh, recently, everything that was old is new again. <laughs> yeah, much like how DC... Everything that was old is new, now new again. Was new again for DC Rebirth. But yeah, Wolverine is back. He's got his old costume. But that's not all, Matt. He's got a new power. He's got a new power. And it's like a... It's a strange power, but it, it's as well like a really cool power. He can superheat his claws now. <laughs> because okay. why not? Okay. I don't know how they're going to explain that, but okay... I mean, he was already pretty deadly with the knife hands and, you know, the years and years of training and the being damn near immortal thanks to a healing factor. But now he's not just going to cut you. He's going to burn you when he cuts you. <laughs> That's it. He's got to cauterize the wound when he cuts you. Yeah, it's like, couldn't couldn't he already cut through anything? Couldn't he already do all this? Yeah. I don't see how having super hot claws makes him more deadly than he was. Yeah, and even, like, the claws look designed differently. It could be just, like, the artist, but they look like those, the ones he had back when he first debuted, how they were, like, curved. Yeah. yeah. Yes, they look very curved now. It's, it's not every day a hero comes back with a new power. I'm sure you, Matt, being the biggest Superman fan I know... When you heard about this, did your mind instantly go to Solar Flare Superman from the New 52? <laughs> it kind of did, actually. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, it's kind of a gimmick that didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> Do any new powers stick? I was trying to think of this myself, and this is one for the comment section and the people listening. When do new powers stick? Usually new powers come about as part of a new relaunch or part of a new arc, and then they go away. Yeah, I, I honestly can't think of any. There might be some obvious ones we're missing, but it's not every day you get a new power and they keep it. Usually they make a big deal about it as they are making for it now and as they made for the solar flare. No, it's new, it's different, it's amazing. But we're just going to go back to the status quo anyway. Yeah, after one arc, yeah. Maybe, maybe they felt they needed to do something to justify bringing back Wolverine now, is what it was. Where it's like, well, we just can't bring him back as is. Something needs to be different. And they chose superheated claws for some reason. Now, when he uses the superheated claws, will he be rendered human and hurtable for the next 24 hours? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what's the handicap? Exactly, because, I mean, that's the thing, you know, if we're doing this tabletop RPG rules, you get one awesome feat, but you also have to take a disadvantage on top of that to kind of even it out. Maybe he, maybe he, like, um, like, they, they superheat, but they make, they make the rest of his body really cold. Oh, so, so he's, like, susceptible to, like, the flu. <laughs> and, he, and he's got, like, massive shrinkage, which he's not a fan of. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> or because he's short already, every time he uses the superheated claws, he loses, like, three inches of height. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got to use it very sparingly. Mm. Or else he's going to be little teeny tiny Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's Wolverine, everyone. He's coming back. The status quo is coming about. Get excited 
which is funny for me to say because I've gone on record over the last five years and said I never gave a shit about Wolverine and his many adventures until they killed him and he had a really good death story and until they made him an old man and a young cool girl I didn't really care about Wolverine <laughs> yeah it's only in like the last like since he's been dead that they've done some they've done the best stories of Wolverine when he died yeah. <laughs> Let us let us not forget too that it was really easy to get sick of Wolverine five six years ago because he had like three books. Yeah, who's in everything? There was what was it? There was Wolverine. There was like Uncanny Amazing Wolverine, and then there was like Wolverine and the X Men. So it's like you couldn't you couldn't swing a dead badger without hitting Wolverine <laughs> in some way. <laughs> too, too much of a good thing is real, guys. That can be real. It can be. Now, hey, here's something also from Marvel and something completely unexpected that I really did not think we would be talking about this week. A brand new Cosmic Team book, helmed by Cullen Bunn, made up entirely of Asgard Thor-centric characters, and that team is called Asgardians of the Galaxy. What a cool team name. What a, what a cool team name. Here's the thing. Apparently on Twitter, Cullen Bunn said he pitched that name back in 2016, and they're only making it now. Oh, wow. <laughs> Which literally makes me think he was sitting in the bullpen one day. He's like, Guardians, as Guardians, as Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh, I'm going to put that one on someone's desk. And then, like, all these years later, time to write it. Yeah, yeah. That It seems like a name that you just make up, like, just ki- killing time. It's like, hey, yeah. why isn't why aren't these two things connected? Yeah, they really should be, especially as we see from the team lineup. Man, there's there's a lot of really good Thor-connected characters who you could build a pretty decent team around. Yeah, and Angela. And Angela, who, <laughs> again, I've been saying forever, it's like, guys, didn't you make a whole hullabaloo, you and Neil Gaiman, and, you know, <laughs> getting the rights to Image and everything and being like, yeah, we basically stole this character, and then you made her Thor's long-lost sister, and you brought the realm of the angels in and made it one of the nine realms and worked really hard then you did nothing with her yeah she she like disappeared she hasn't been in like any comics recently has she nope. yeah she just disappeared off the face of the earth and honestly i think this is the best place for her have her lead a ragtag band of asgardians yeah yeah is she the leader uh, she's front and center i was going to assume she's the leader unless they figure she's just the prettiest so they'll put her in front yeah yeah i think um, hey remember this character remember angela we feel we should use her more <laughs> but yes we have angela we have frog thor which yeah. that's a fun pull that's really cool that is where it's like dude he's a little frog but he has all the powers of thor who doesn't want that on a team <laughs> that sounds dope to me uh you got him you got scourge or scourge who was looking a lot like his movie counterpart more than ever before yeah he was he was he was the highlight of thor ragnarok so they go put him in here much like how the movie valkyrie is in exiles yep it's it's funny too because you know scourge in the comics is a lot closer to a villain so it's fun to see here he's on a good guy team because it's like yeah well the carl urban version was too cool and the carl urban version redeemed himself (laughs) at the end of that movie so we gotta redeem him in the comics too (laughs) yeah yeah plus him being on the team too means they will undoubtedly come into conflict with the enchantress and the enchantress or hella and everyone else will be like hey didn't you used to work for us what the fuck yeah yeah i can see that happening that'll be fun uh what is it valkyrie is on the team but not the Valkyrie that is in Exiles, 
the original Valkyrie, and this is what sold the book for me, and this is what made me go super in. So, okay, so here's the thing. Cullen Bunn is writing this. Cullen Bunn wrote The Fearless Defenders, again, back like five, six years ago when you and I were working for Redacted. Uh, and uh, I pulled his Fearless Defenders book because no one else wanted it. Friggin' fell in love with it. It was hilarious. It was heartwarming. It had action. It was a great team. It really showed that Bunn had a talent for writing teams. I think it was like his first team book. In that book, he wrote Valkyrie because she was a member of that team, and she fell in love with a woman who was an archaeologist. Mm -hmm. Then Valkyrie got killed, and her soul jumped into the body of her girlfriend, and so they had to share the body. That's cool. It was very funny, and their thing was like, oh, geez, this is this is really moving fast in our relationship. Like, you know, I, I liked you and everything. We had some dinners, but fuck, now I'm not only sharing a place with you, I'm sharing my body with you. <laughs> and it was literally like they turned it on and off where she's like, okay, well, I need the body now to be a superhuman. And she's like, well, I kind of have a life, and I need to go run errands. Yeah, but the world is being invaded, though. <laughs> and it was very funny. And nothing happened with that character. That series got canceled, and no one wanted to write anything more about Valkyrie. And I'm like, oh, well, that sucks. I wanted to see where this story went. Uh, flash forward to 2018, <laughs> this is where the story went. This is where it went. It very, very cool. I, I'm interested to see what they're going to do with the character. I'm like that they brought her back. Um, I, I did see, of course, uh, people who aren't familiar with comics and who only know the one from... Thor Ragnarok going, oh, why is she white? Why is she different uh -huh. than the one? And had to explain to them that the one from the movie isn't the real Valkyrie. And Yeah. Yeah. But you got that version anyway, so everybody yeah, wins. exactly. And the final member, and I had to read this, I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Uh, that's Eric Masterson's son. That's Thunderstrike Jr. Yeah, that's cool. And I love that he's a goddamn nerdlinger with Coke bottle glasses. Yeah. I'm like, yes, yes, big meathead Thunderstrike has a nerdlinger kid. I love it. <laughs> hey, man, he talks like this. I'm on the Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> I'm cool. <laughs> Everything is coming up Thunderstrike. <laughs> <laughs> hey now, you you put those eyebrows down there, Thunderstrike Junior. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, this book looks like a ton of fun. I'm definitely gonna check this one out. Yeah. This one just looks like a silly, fun, good time, and I'm all about it. They they yeah. really picked the proper characters for this one. They have, they have. I think they learned a lot as well from like Exiles, and how I like weird did. teams can work now. And sell too, like yeah. Exiles is actually selling pretty well, all things considered. Yeah, it's it's not doing too bad. I'm really enjoying it. No, I'm enjoying it too. And they're even like promising some stuff from the future. Where they're like, hey, hey, guys, guess what? In August, the new Exiles are gonna fight the old Exiles because mm -hmm. they can do that. <laughs> Which means you're gonna get Age of Apocalypse Sabretooth meeting Blink again. And I'm like, sweet. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. That's gonna that is gonna be cool. Uh, hey, so moving from the world of Marvel to the world of more, you know, uh, upscale, hoity-toity, more independent, third-party uh, publisher, uh, Valiant Comics, Matt, they had a big heyday there for a bit, didn't they? Everyone was all about the Exo Man Wars and the Bloodshots and everything for a minute. Yeah, you couldn't stop people on t Twitter talking about them. They had a good year 
they were very good to me, full disclosure, when I went to New York the last time they invited me to come and check out their offices because that was, I think, one of the best things they had going for them as a publisher. They understood the importance of tastemakers and online content creators, and they were sure to forge really, really good working relationships with them. Yeah, yeah. I got, I got, I got to know quite a few of them. Uh, Dinesh and others very well. They were really nice guys, really sweet to me. And they didn't have to be because I was like riding other motherfuckers' coattails <laughs> in there. I was not that big at this time. I had like just started my solo channel. And, you know, they had lots of new stuff they were planning. They were going to make web series with uh, Jason David Frank. And, you know, uh, Sony had the right to make some of their movies. And they were working really good with a, with a Chinese, uh, like, venture capitalist firm who was giving them a lot of money. And then, <laughs> uh, and then they got bought by the uh, venture capitalist company. Then they got gutted, and all the nice people I know who work there got fired. Yep, yep. So I will not be invited back there this year. <laughs> but hey, the, uh, our new red Chinese masters have five new books they really want you to read as part of what they're calling the Valiant Beyond Initiative. Yeah, yeah. I've seen this all over Twitter. Which it basically boils down to, hey, the other companies did really good with new number ones every so often. Let's us do that with our five most popular titles. Yeah, that's pretty much all it is. So you got a faith, you got a bloodshot. And again, hey, no, no harm, no foul to the people who are getting paid working on these books. There's some good people there. You know, your Jody Hausers, your Ken Lashleys, people of whom I'm fans are, uh, I'm fans of, and people, you know, who, hey, got to pay the bills man you got to take the work when yeah. it comes but man boy does valiant beyond seem just like a cold <laughs> cynical corporate like corporate beyond corporate yeah it, it's it seems like yeah they they saw what like marvel and dc have just done and like we want that as well we can be that which is a shame because i think valiant was at their best by always going against the grain and not doing stuff like that mm-hmm mm-hmm like, their whole thing was like, we promise if you read a Valiant comic, continuity will matter. They very much adopted the old-time Valiant model, which was itself the Jim Shooter model that he had developed after working for both companies and then starting his own. Yeah, yeah. This, this latest stage of Valiant just becomes another chapter in the incredibly weird history of Valiant comics. Like, if you're ever bored one night, sit down and read it, because there have been multiple different incarnations of Valiant, and they have all been super quirky and super weird. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm happy to kind of been involved in one of uh, one of their chapters, and now that the book is closing on that one. So <laughs> that's that. Uh, the other big thing that happened uh, in the world of superhero comics that aren't really superhero comics but are related to them, uh, Vertigo announced their brand new line of books. I'm not going to go through every one, but basically, hey, they also have a brand new line of books that they're doing. Yeah, again, more more kind of like number ones and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> the big thing they were pushing for here is that, you know, they're super, super inclusive titles very you know like you know diversify very all this other kind of thing which which made me laugh so much where i'm like oh these are these are interesting ideas for books man i bet people are gonna throw a shit fit about these the same way they throw a shit fit about everything when a comic tries to be a little bit more diverse or try to offer some voices of people of color but no no one got mad about this i'm like oh yeah 
because it's vertigo and it's not capes and cowls and tights so i guess people don't care yeah, it's or more, the yeah. usual suspects don't care <laughs> yeah the, the usual suspects don't read these comics <laughs> no no and they never did to which hey you know what? more more power to vertigo especially because we've already saw what happened to young animal mm-hmm yeah which, that was always my thing when they had New Animal. I'm like, oh, it's kind of like Vertigo Light. It's kind of like Vertigo Jr. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Uh, yeah, Young Animal was, yeah, like that, that gateway to um, for, like, these people who haven't read these type of comics to get into those and then be like, oh, is there more? Oh, Vertigo's here. Oh, there's yeah. some image stuff here. All that sort of stuff. I, I happily wait a year from now when there's, like, you know, the best comics of 2018 and, you know, they'll probably be one on there and be like, oh, here was this big, like, sleeper hit you didn't read, but you should because it's really good. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I happily await that. I know as much as I would love to broaden my horizons and give more time to indie books, I just I, I just can't. I'm spending too much money and too much time with superheroes. It pays my bills. It's this weird Ouroboros existence I live, the snake eating its own tail. <laughs> Only that tale is Batman and Superman comics. <laughs> and the snake is me. Or am I the tail? I don't know. It's something. You're ev- like everything. I am I am everything. I am one. I am woman. Hear me roar. I am all of these things. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so g- good luck for Vertigo on that one. That was just one of those stories where it's like, I don't have much to say here, but I feel like I need to talk about it and just put that out to the universe in hopes that someone who does care does read them. Yeah, that, that one that one fan of ours that reads them. That one fan. Hey, there's always one. And maybe, hey, you know, maybe by this time next year, Matt, if we keep doing stories like this, we'll have two fans. Ooh, two, two. That's, that's the hope, man. It's like you don't have to grow by much. You just have to grow by increments. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, hey, speaking of more comics here, and this is in the realm of digital comics, no less, uh, Cloak and Dagger, that show premiered this week, right? It premiered on Thursday? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I have yet to watch it because, again, I'm, I'm away. I have too much to watch. I'll get to it at some point. Yeah. I know our mutual, I know our mutual friend Mitch was crazy about it, and he's like, When's, when are they going to talk about it? Talk about more Cloak and Dagger. <laughs> it finally came out, and I thought to myself, I'm like, well, geez, how long until they're going to have a comic series to tie in to go with it? Because that's usually the way Marvel does it with multimedia approaches. Uh, they just kind of stealth released one digitally. Apparently, Dennis Hopeless had been working on one, and you could buy it. I don't think that was digital. I think that was just that was like an actual number one release with the rest of the Marvel number ones that come out that this really? week. I, yeah. The article I read it was digital, but I could be absolutely wrong and talking out my ass. I'm fairly certain it was it was like it's like a proper print one that was released <laughs> with all the other Marvel number ones. I think. Okay. Either way, isn't that friggin' insane that they just stealth released a comic for Cloak and Dagger? It's like, here it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, uh, they probably had a story in, like, a drawer somewhere. Or... I'm, sh- I'm sure they did. Where it's like, hey, who- who's got an unused Cloak and Dagger pitch? Hopeless? All right, you're in. <laughs> they probably do have, like, a whole file where it's like, in case of movie, TV show, or adaptation, break glass and make one of these. <laughs> Now, I actually had a whole thing planned if it was digital to be like, you know what, digital is probably a good place for Cloak and Dagger. It seems like a good place for it, yeah. Where it's like, you know, they should do 
more series like this where it's like, look, it's a little niche, it's a little inside baseball, even for comic fans, but if you want it, it's there, it's at a good price, it's not clogging up shelves and everything, so, you know, it can, it can find an audience easier. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, hey, speaking of shelves, Matt, that actually leads to a perfect segue to our next story, and this feels like, this feels huge, like, this feels like something I didn't think I would be talking about, uh, GameStop, the big video game store outlet in, you know, North America. And I'm sure, do they have them in Australia too? They have to, right? Uh, we don't have GameStop. We have, um, we still have like EB games and stuff like that. Mm. But like, pretty, pretty much the same. Well, you see here in Canada with EB games, electronic boutique for those who don't know, it got weird because GameStop bought all the EBs in Canada and became GameStop, but people hated GameStop and their service so much they changed back to EBs. <laughs> so they're owned by the same company, but they changed the name to try and, you know, uh, what is it, get out of bad PR. But what I'm trying to say here, and what in my big, long, rambly way I'm trying to get to, uh, GameStop is going to start selling comics now. Yeah, okay then. Cool, I guess. Which, you know, it's funny. In, in a day and age, I saw a lot of people at the outhouse are joking about this. In a day and age where more video game sales are going digital than ever before, what's what's the next, you know, uh, soon-to-be-outdated uh, media, uh, fringe media that GameStop can start selling? Oh, comics. Yeah, yeah. I um, I, I guess that's pretty cool. I guess, like, like LGB games kind of sell comics. They sell, like, trades. Mm -hmm. um, but, like and I, I think i've seen they sell like they get like exclusive variants of certain comics yeah um so yeah they've kind of done that before but yeah i guess that's something new in america it it seems like a no-brainer to me i mean yeah. most game stores don't exclusively sell games anymore anyway my local one has become basically like a funko t-shirt emporium with games yeah. on the side yeah that's pretty much what our short stores have become as well it's more about yeah the pops and the the loot boxes and stuff yeah true i'm like you know what sure if you're going to be an all-purpose nerd store anyway you might as well sell comics it would be good for the comic companies to have a new line to people and it would be good for the stores too because they get to sell something different they get to diversify their portfolios here's the thing maddie here this is why i think this is amazing but it's you know kind of predicated on two things one Putting them in GameStops is great because there's a GameStop in pretty much every mall you go to in North America and the world. Mm -hmm. So to have comics under people's eyes that might actually read them and might want to buy them and actually do for the prices you would get them at a store is amazing. And two, and I have not been able to confirm this, but if it can be confirmed, then it's amazing. The comics that they sell in their stores, they would not be going through Diamond Distributor to do this. Ooh, okay, which, if that's the case, that's huge. Because if a store can prove, hey, we can sell comics and we don't need the archaic dinosaur that is the diamond distributor hanging over our head telling us what to buy, how much to buy, and whatever, and if we can turn a profit on it, that's massive. Yeah, it'll show that like more stores can get 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 out from under them and... Yeah, as you said, they they they're pretty they're pretty they're kind of draconian in a way. Like they are. it's like you have to buy this many comics to get this particular other comic or something, and yeah, it's just so insane. But yeah, it'd be interesting to they see are. if they do. D Diamond Distributor made sense back in the day of like actual publishing houses and everything. Yeah. 
they they make no sense in 2018. They are a rickety old machine that is keeping the industry, at least in the sales part of the industry, from advancing. They're holding comics and comic stores in a stranglehold. <clears throat> I've never really liked the idea of Diamond, and they're even weirder, too, in the way that they report, like, what sells and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, this, this book's a failure, didn't sell anything, but it's selling a bunch on Amazon. It's on their front page. It's getting all these big, you know, like, Amazon and digital awards. Does it count because you didn't buy it in a store? Like, yeah. Shouldn't you count it anyway, though? Because any 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 comics that sell is good for the industry, right, and good for people who see it, and you know, maybe they'll want to come back and read more, and you'll make a fan. No, they didn't buy it in a store, which means they didn't buy it through us, so fuck them. <laughs> so, yeah. That's that's my thing. More, I, I never thought I would say this. More power to GameStop. You're the lesser <laughs> of two evils in this one. Well, you never know. It could be so successful that they're like, we're going to make GameStop, like, distributions. And, oh, God. And, it's and then we do comics. it all over again. <laughs> yeah, it's just a new cycle. But look, tell you what, if you trade in your old back issues, <laughs> we will give you pennies and kick you in the balls. How does that sound? Yes. Do you have an Action Comics issue one? We'll give you $2 for it. Now look, do you have your edge card, Matt? Do you have your edge comic card so that when you're buying comics you get, I don't know, rewards or something? We don't know. Just buy the card. Just buy the goddamn card and we'll ask you every time. (laughs) Now for 50 cents, Matt, we can put protection on the comic so if it gets scratched or if you spill soda or gravy on it, it's fine. (laughs) Soda or gravy. Just those two things. (laughs) Only those two things. We've broken it down mathematically to what are the things that comic fans are handling the most, and it's only soda or gravy we've discovered. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, you spilled gazpacho on it? Not covered. <laughs> Not covered by our protection plan, sorry. We, we uh, can't do it. Too bad. Well, dang it. But yeah, hey, so that's some interesting news. We will. I get the feeling we'll be following this story. It's just starting now. Again, talk to us again in the in a year's time on this one, and we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Now, uh, from comic news to some movie news, Matt, we got some pretty good trailers uh, this week. One in particular that stuck out to me: Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, that the the official trailer for the for the film, and uh, boy, does it look really good. Looks really fun, and then I'm like, oh yeah, this is Sony. Without Marvel's help, wow, and it looks like they're not cocking it up? Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, this is a trailer. The movie could be, yeah. like, god-awful. <laughs> it could be. They're, they're making some changes here. You know, it is the Ultimate Universe. It is Miles. But it might not be the Ultimate Universe you know from the comics. For one, Miles' dad, who I think we can all say stole the show in this trailer, is not a reformed criminal. He's a cop. Yeah, he's a, he's a cop. It's, that's like the first time, like, oh, this is the ultimate, but it's different. It's like ultimate mm-hmm. universe number two. Yes, yes. The, the, the ultimate, ultimate universe of the ultimate universe. Exactly. Green Goblin's there, but he's not a monster, nor is he a guy in a costume. He's a dragon with yeah. a little hat. That really really surprised me. I'm like, ooh, they're going ultimate, but, like, he's a dragon. This is weird. <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. They're taking their own creative liberties. We see Kingpin there for a second. We see a couple other uh, interesting villains there. We get to see Spider-Man. We get to see Peter Parker, who, yeah. again, very different. He's an adult now. Yeah, for better or worse. For better, yeah. I mean, he's, he's a stunted adult, but he's <laughs> <Yeah>. still an adult. <laughs> 
And it's funny, the whole crux of this movie is like, you know, yeah, Spider-Man's going to take Miles on his uh, under his wing and train him how to be a hero and teach him in his powers. And I'm like, man, surprising the movies did this before the comics ever did. Mm, yeah. When does that ever happen? When does the movies beat the comics to something that it's, should be obvious? It's very rare. Very rare. Yeah. To think if this was an adaptation of the comics, Miles would jump universes to be with Peter, and then he'd just kind of forget about him for years. <laughs> and then his book would kind of fade off and go away. Yeah, yeah. And just when you're really digging, it's like, wow, Miles is cool. Wow, this relationship he's forging with Peter is cool. His dad is funny and everything. Then it's like, oh, it's into the Spider-Verse. So we can have a ton of different Spider-People show up. Yeah, yeah, we could. How, how cool would it be if, like, what we've seen in the trailers isn't even like the main universe, like, sp like where where Miles lives, like he gets taken to a different universe, and it's true. and like this this whole trailer has been in set in some other universe. There's so many places they could go with it, and like already, I'm starting to see the appeal. You know, one of the nice things again, because I'm staying out with my aunt here, she has two kids. And I showed them a tra the trailer because I'm like, hey, you know, come see what I do for work, kids. And they were blown away by it. They were super into it. And, like, the concept of multiple spider people never even hit them before because they don't read comics. And they're like, wait, there's more than one spider person? We could all have a spider person? It's like, yeah, pretty much. And like, oh, that's just the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, how many spider people are there? I'm like, uh, like a billion. Like, like, how many universes are there? <laughs> There's, there's the British Spider-Punk, and there's Spider-Girl, and then there's Mayday Parker, and the clones, and everything else. And they're just, like, worlds of possibility. And I'm like, oh, and then there's Spider-Man Noir, who's kind of like Batman, and he has guns, and they're like, whoa. <laughs> so there's a lot of untapped potential with all these multiversal Spider-People. There is. There really is. Which makes me laugh about Spider-Geddon, because with a name like that, it seeks to imply that they're going to try and kill them. And I'm like, but why, though? A bunch <laughs> of people are just figuring them out for the first time. <laughs> They'll kill them and then quickly bring them back. Spider-Resurrection. <laughs> Spider-Rection. Oh, no, wait, that sounds horrible. <laughs> no, All... no, that's the porn parody. <laughs> oh, yeah. Someone's writing that right now. You know it. <laughs> Someone's Axel Braun is hard at work on that one right now. Our good friend Axel Braun. <laughs> Where's like shit? Jesus. No, he's Italian. He's like Jesus Christ, George. Don't don't give away my new title from my new movie I'm working on. <laughs> you know how he swings with the web? Oh, we're gonna do that too, but it's gonna be a little different. <laughs> oh, I know, Axel. I know. Oh, I'll, I'll watch it. Don't you worry. <laughs> But yeah, from the really good uh, Spider-Verse news to a piece of news that, man, I I'm sad we didn't get to talk about this when this, when this was new, Matt, but we're going to talk about it now. Uh, Jared Leto, everyone's guy from Suicide Squad as the Joker, <laughs> is getting his own standalone movie now. Yes, this is like the fourth Joker film? In development? I don't know. <laughs> I, for one, welcome this new Joker cinematic universe, Matt. The Justice League universe might not have made it. By having a bunch of Joker movies, though, I think DC and Warner Brothers finally, they finally found the pulse, Matt, of what people really want. I think they did. I think they took all those all those complaints of him being the worst thing in that film and, and, and they did something with it. They did something, you know, they, it's not something everyone thought they would do, but they did something with it. <laughs> 
oh, they did it all right. They did it. <laughs> hey, remember how he only had like five minutes in Suicide Squad? What if we give him two hours though? Yeah, dude. What do you? What what, what crazy antics is he gonna do behind the scenes of this film to get into character? Oh, I know, right? The fact that that's the only like prevailing thing where it's like, oh yeah, he was so hard to work with and so crazy on set, Jared Leto, because he really got into character. Yeah, for five whole minutes, that really seems worth it. <laughs> Sending used condoms and dead animals to his castmates. Yeah, that was really worth it for the five minutes he was in the movie. <laughs> yeah, they really changed his performance, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I would hate to see it without it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. A, a jo- not just a Joker movie, but multiple Joker movies. This is unconnected to, like, the, what is it, the other two that they're supposedly working on and the Suicide Squad sequel they're working on, and the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey movie that they're supposedly also working on. And probably the Batman film that the Joker will be in, no doubt. Yeah. It's like, with Harley Quinn, I get it. Margot Robbie actually looked like she was having fun. The general consensus was she was one of the better parts of the bad movie. You know, she actually seemed passionate, and she read it, and she wanted to do a bunch of this stuff. But with Joker, it's like, but why, though? Yeah, why? Not not just with the Joker. I can understand the Joker getting a movie, but this Joker. Version, this yeah. one that everyone hates. You know what it is, Matt? The, the local managers of the local Hot Topics are whispering the ear <laughs> of the head of Warner Brothers films and be like, make, make more Joker and Harley things. Imagine the t-shirts we can sell. <laughs> Imagine all the chain wallets will move. <laughs> oh, Joel moves his own chain wallet off to the side. Yeah, that's, the, that's, that's, that's why I said it, because I know you have one. <laughs> it's to keep it from falling out of my pants. I'm always losing it. It's not because I'm edgy, it's because I'm clumsy and forgetful. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, that's the thing. I know I said this before, where it's like, they probably sold more, like, you know, Daddy's Little Monster shirts for Harley Quinn than they actually made selling tickets for Suicide Squad. So, oh, like, yeah. This, this might be the thing where it's like, yeah, but the Joker needs a t-shirt, though. He needs a signature something we can sell. <laughs> yeah. Also, we, we haven't, like, done, done the Joker. We're, we're forgetting that uh, it's an Oscar-winning film as well. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> for, for what was it, costumes or sound design? <laughs> it's special, like, makeup. <laughs> the makeup, award right. no one gives a shit about, but apparently it makes you know, all the difference. <laughs> you know, people walking around like they were cracked up and everything. Thing, everyone walking around like they were homeless that was that was a great work on the makeup art oh, team absolutely hey now look like you didn't sleep for five days got it <laughs> but i didn't jared leto kept me up with his antics <laughs> yes <really. laughs> it's, yeah i mean if that's what it takes to win you know the best uh best makeup effects i can imagine the text coming around okay everyone now everyone line up to get sprayed with the grime gun <laughs> yeah it's like homer's like makeup gun that's literally they just set it to crack hole. <laughs> okay, Margot Robbie. <laughs> we did good here today, everyone. We did good here. I'm going to go home tonight. I'm going to tell my kids, and they're going to be proud of their father for his years spent in makeup school <laughs> to make these effects come to life. <laughs> I like, I like they want it for makeups and not special effects. Remember what the big CG monster looked like? Oh, God, yeah. Glad they didn't win that. <laughs> no, no awards for that. Emmy Award winning Suicide Squad. <laughs> God damn it. 
but yeah, so there's there's the Joker movie. I mean, I guess just for shits and giggles, what what do you even do with the Joker movie? What's what's the plot of it? What is what is anything? I I, I don't know. I I really don't know. I don't know. Joker Joker orders a pizza for two hours. It's just like Joker doing like petty jokes on people, like <laughs> leaving like flaming bags of shit on like Bruce Wayne's doorstep and stuff like that. No, man, you see, that actually sounds good. What is it? Guest directed by Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> now, there's a, joke, just, there's a Joker I would like to see. For real, because I'm actually probably more scared by Johnny Knoxville than I am Jared Leto. <laughs> just this idea that there's a man out there who's like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to hurt myself for your amusement over and over again. How does that sound? <laughs> That's the Joker. That's the joke. I'm gonna break my urethra for you right now. Will, will that make you laugh? Will that be funny? <laughs> laugh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, see, that's funny. Just this really aggressive guy who wants to make you laugh. It's like it's funny. It's funny. It's just you know, it's just not funny all the time. Yeah, I I really don't know what they'll do with the Joker movie. I hope they make it like that that music video he did with um Rick Ross. It's Skrillex. <laughs> yes, yeah. he's just driving a purple Lambo, going to clubs, getting into shenanigans. <laughs> I'm all about that. <sighs> no, it's it, it's the Joker going around to the homes of people who post on Rotten Tomatoes, talking about how bad his uh his performance was. <laughs> That's all it is. It's just like that joke from Jay and Silent Bob strikes back, but stretched over two hours. Oh, God. That won't run dry at all. No, no, <laughs> it won't be petty at all. <laughs> Again, it's just like, what What do you do? You know the Joker's not supposed to be a main character, right? No, he, there's no way he could handle his own film. Even, like, Heath Ledger's Joker couldn't do that. No, he, he works good with a foil. Who is the foil in this? You just can't say, <laughs> oh, we're going to have a Joker movie now. Yeah, who's who's the villain going to be that's not Batman? Yeah, who 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 does he not like? What's what's his problem? Is it going to be Harley Quinn, or do you want to save that for her own movie? Or again, you know, this is this is the Joker cinematic universe, apparently. Yeah. And then they got to make sure they don't go into the realm that like the that Todd Phillips one or that Martin Scorsese one that's never going to get made go into, and they yes. got to do their own thing. And then they got to make sure that people don't get confused. <laughs> Which they will anyway. Why? But hey, hey, three Joker movies make sense because there's three Jokers in the comics now. Apparently. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you reckon that's like what that like like some executives? Oh, there's three Jokers. Oh, well, can we can make three Joker films now. <laughs> I hope not. I really hope. But they not, completely but... like disregard like the actual story from the comics. Like, oh, these Jokers are all kind of different, and they just make three Joker films that are all the same. I was asking myself, how would they even know that? Then I'm like, oh, that's Jeff Johns' story. Was Jeff Johns talking to them in a meeting and being like, well, you know what? Uh, over in the comics, I'm going to tell a story about how there's actually three Jokers and some guy with like a cigar is like, three Jokers, I love them. We're going to fucking do it. No, 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 don't do it though. No, I was just going to do it in the You don't have to. Three Jokers, we're greenlighting them right now. Jeff, you're a J. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I like the thing that it was more like, he was talking to someone and they passed him by and they just heard i'm doing there's three jokers in the comics right now and they're like that's genius get you, 10 you're movies right. made you're right the idea i'm pitching implies that they listen to jeff johns period which <laughs> yeah. we know is not the case no no they don't 
one, you'd only watch those movies. But yeah, hey, if they were smart, though, if they do have this Jared Leto Joker movie, they should really do the smart thing, and they should have it released exclusively through Hot Topics. If you want to see it, you have to go to your local Hot Topic and watch it on screen. For, yeah, for screenings. They have screening booths. <laughs> Entirely at your local Hot Topic. I think that would go over, like, gangbusters. <laughs> I think that would be good. And if you come in bad Joker or Harley Quinn cosplay, you get like 10% off. <laughs> you can't tell me this isn't a good idea. You can't tell me this wouldn't take <laughs> off like a shot. Oh, yeah, well, you probably would. You probably would is the fucked up thing. See, that's this is why I don't work for these big companies, because that's like the whole monkey paw thing where it's like, oh, it was really successful, but why? <laughs> Why do I have these powers to make everything better, but also worse? <laughs> God help me. Uh, and with that, everyone, I guess we can finally hop on over into what we read this week. And Matt said you actually had a very productive week. You actually got done everything you wanted to get done. I'm not. For, I, I'm. I'm like. I've got like two comics left just to just to record the reviews for. But yeah, I'm. I'm really happy that I'm actually like ahead of the curve for once. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm kind of falling behind well with travel but i'm trying to catch up i think i've read mostly everything that was big and this was a pretty big week there was a lot of new number ones and a lot of a lot of interesting stuff happening there was a lot of really cool stuff happening uh-huh uh, i mean i guess i'll let you go first matt what uh, what did you read um well since we didn't talk about it over the last week uh let's talk about man of steel oh yes 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 man of steel there we're on to issue two now uh, Brian Michael Bendis's big pre-Superman story before he starts telling Superman stories. Yeah, this is just sort of like a big tease to to his like action comics and and Superman arcs, but mm. it's not uh, definitely something I didn't expect. I, I I went in with like the lowest expectations, thinking oh we're gonna get a lot of the classic mm -hmm. Bendis stuff, but we really didn't. We really didn't. No, well well, we did and we didn't. It, yeah. th this is probably the this, quickest I've this ever This second issue around. was a bit more Bendis-y. Well, it was, yeah, I actually felt the other way. I thought the first one was more, but I'll get into that. It's funny. Had we talked about this two weeks ago, I would have been like, nah, I don't like it. I'm not feeling it. I actually feel better after issue two. Right. <clears throat> issue two kind of put me at ease. Because with issue one, they continue to play up this thing of like, oh, you know, Clark, Superman, he's all alone. He's acting weird now. What what happened to his family? His family has seemingly disappeared. And I'm like, oh, God, if they write them off, if they write them away, I'm going to be so mad. But by issue two, we eventually discover, oh, them disappearing and them being gone. This is actually the crux of the story. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the issue two kind of, kind of confused me a little bit with that because they didn't, because at the end of issue one, we get this like, tease that like going into the next issue's big blinding light and we find out that that blinding light that that was a bomb right it, it was a bomb or an alien or something they're yeah. still leaving it kind of open-ended yeah i was it, it was very vague and like the paneling didn't really do it much uh justice either but yeah mm -hmm. a bomb or something went off on the moon because or something cool. grabbed them yeah and yeah it's not it's still very vague and this second issue they really teased like where's Lois? What's happening? And and that and and that seems to be like it's probably going to be a through line into like, I guess his action comics. Um, with yeah. that uh, what's her name? Trish Q sort of investigating this story. Right. And I've because I have a feeling she's going to find out his story. Yeah, I have a feeling she's going to find out his secret identity because of this. I I mean she kind of has to. It's it's funny. Uh, I I mistaked 
Trish Q for Robinson Good because Bendis has now created two new lady journalists at the planet. He's created like, three oh. female characters in the last two issues. He created that firefighter woman, Robinson, Robinson and Trish. Trish, where it's like, man, you know, Bendis, you can tell he's been writing comics for a bit. You know, and then residuals every time they're used. Yeah, yeah, you can see, you, see, you, you can see why he's doing it for the residuals. But and yeah, it kind of made me question like, why not just bring Cat Grant back? <laughs> why not? Because because Ben just didn't invent them. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Hey, hey, Jessica Jones, one of his most endearing characters, worked the way it was because he wasn't allowed to use Spider Woman. <laughs> so he's like, look, I could use Cat Grant. Or I could make my own Cat Grant. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I don't know so, why he didn't use it, especially since like. The Supergirl books moving away from all that TV stuff with Catco and everything. But yeah, so some interesting stuff here. You know, Superman, he's feeling down on himself. You know, everyone is worried about him. There's a nice bit with Green Lantern getting involved and being like, hey man, you know, you're shirking Justice League duty and everything. What's going on? Yeah, and he won't tell him. And I I like that they put like the little dialogue in there where he feels bad for not being able to tell how when Mm. he should be able to, but he doesn't want to like worry him or anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's something Superman would do as superman would feel bad about uh, we get some classic superman foes in there he fights the toy man who makes a very big point of saying no i'm the toy man not toy man i'm not the little asian one i'm the toy man yeah i i like that and the, yeah they may make it clear that it is winslow slot and um i, I like that the superman's like he's not like mad at like fighting him he's like come on man you could do so much better with like all this cool technology you have you could help people and he's like ah fuck you <laughs> But I, do, but I don't want to, though. I'm an asshole. <laughs> uh, oh, the other big thing about this book is that, you know, it's half Superman and it's also half the origin of Rogel Zolar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who hasn't really appeared all that much. No. No, he hasn't. But Bendis takes this opportunity to do some retconning to the DC cosmic scene. He creates a group called The Circle, which has nothing to do with the Illuminati or the Cosmic Galactic Council from his <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy run, except for the fact that they're exactly like them in every way. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty much the same. The Circle is like a group of all-seeing, all-powerful individuals who manipulate things from behind the scenes, like an Illuminati. Yeah, yeah, they're, and they're yeah, they're all made up of like DC's most uh, Power, powerfulest alien, alien guardians and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yep, you got Appa Ali Apsa in there. You got a new god, an Agarian, a Ranian, so you got like all the big ones. Although yeah. it's funny that he had to stop there, and then there's like a new god, and then there's like another race he invented that clearly got invented to be killed off. Because <laughs> it's like, wait, I don't know who you guys are. I know who everyone else is. Who the fuck are you? Oh, you're new. Oh, you're going to die. <laughs> then you're going to die, then you might as well be the red shirt in this situation. It's funny, I, I know you and me both talked a lot of shit about Rogelzar for good reason, where it's like, oh, he's over-designed, making him the guy who destroyed Krypton is stupid. But I must admit, after reading these two issues, I'm more interested in him now than I was because they're seeking to imply he's kind of middle management. He was taking orders from the circle, is the thing, and he was kind of, in many ways, uh, a hero, the way they seek to be implied. Yeah. That he did the dirty missions of the council but the one time they didn't listen to him is the one time he went rogue and that the circle was scared of him where they're like dude he could probably kill us all if he wanted yeah 
that's the thing. Like, I still don't get his his reasoning for wanting to kill the Kryptonians. Because in that first issue, he's like, ah, oh, they're 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 starting spacefaring and they're gonna go and, and mm. start a trade empire. And I'm like, so like thousands yeah. of other races do that. Are you gonna kill all of them? Yeah. Why did that? Like, if if he if he said like he's he's like found something where like he finds like the the yellow sun radiation uh will give them superpowers like maybe that would have been a really cool reason but that wasn't established as the reason they haven't told us yet they're building up to it appa aliopsa seems to imply that he has some biased reason for hating the kryptonians that he has like some sort of personal beef with them that has yet to be revealed yeah yeah i imagine we'll find it over the next three issues he, he also, in Action Comics number 1000, would seek to imply that he knew Jor-El, so maybe that's why. Yeah, it, it's very strange how this is all, like, sort of set out. Yeah. Where it's like, look, to, to explain why this is, I need to go back and create a new problem that wasn't there before. Yeah, and, and, and as well, I like that he also finds out about Superman just by chancing upon, like, a bar he visits and now, just, like, noticing his symbol. Now, that's goddamn convenient that he overhears Ambush Bug and a bunch of other people talking about how great the Kryptonian superhero from Earth is, and that's what spurs him into action. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm going to go kill this guy. <laughs> well, I guess i got to go fucking kill him then. Also, I like he has an alien motorcycle that's like Lobo's, but not yeah, Lobo's. I saw that, and I'm like, oh, it'd be really cool if he like did take Lobo's. Like, he found him, beat the shit out of him, just took Like Lobo's. Terminator. Yeah, just took, like, yeah, I need your, need your clothes and your motorbike and your space bike. Your bullets and your motorcycle. Which, again, like, one of my complaints about Rogals are, I'm like, oh, so he's, like, big and tough, like, Mongol or Dark Side, And, you know, he's all bony like Doomsday. Oh, and he rides a motorcycle like Lobo. And I'm like, he's, is he just taking pieces from other Superman villains? Taking the cool pieces and just, like, putting yeah. them on this one, one being... Is he is he also electric and can drain people's abilities like the parasite? <laughs> oh, we don't know yet. <laughs> is he smart like Lex Luthor? Now, see, as I sit here, that would be fun. Imagine if they did like Cell from Dragon Ball Z, but for Superman, where someone's like, "Oh, this <laughs> villain is made of bits and pieces from all your rogues gallery." <laughs> <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. Although that's kind of like what Doomsday is, really basically what he is in a lot of ways but yeah i was gonna say not feeling man of steel when it started slowly coming around to it yeah very, very interested to see where it's going and I, I know like um like some of the stuff that he's building towards like the the arsonist and everything is going to be in mm. his like action comics book which is it's kind of really kind of weird that he's like building it up all through this series when he could have just saved yeah. saved it for that series yeah it's it's like why do you get a mini series to start why didn't you just start yeah exactly it's it's very odd. Maybe maybe they thought there was going to be other Superman stuff to go in between here. Maybe it's a doomsday clock thing. Maybe they just knew if they could have new number ones and have the word Man of Steel on it, they could sell a little more. I don't know. Yeah, and oh, as well, think of like the trade sales. The first like trade of Man of Steel, like six issue trade from Bendis. It's the the first story he ever wrote mm -hmm. for him and everything. That's probably why. So they can rush it out to trade, which they probably will. Yeah. Uh, what else was this week? Oh, I mean, I guess we talked about Superman, so we might as well talk about Batman, which, oh boy, <laughs> sit, sit in, children, sit in, come nice close to the fire and let us tell you a tale. 
<laughs> yeah, let's tell, oh. tell you a tale that's probably better than the actual issue. <laughs> tale as old as time, to say the least. <laughs> Joker talks for 20 pages and doesn't say a goddamn thing. How did this get past editorial? Yeah, well, as I said on my review, as the title of my review, go read the tie-ins, they're much better. <laughs> They, oh, I mentioned that in my video straight up. I'm like, man, you know what this reminds me of? What Tim Seeley is doing over in the prelude books, which you should be reading because they're really good. <laughs> yeah, but this issue is just so confusing. It's it's confusing. It's baffling. But with, but with no reason to... It's not confusing because lots of complicated stuff happens in the story. It's just baffling that someone thought this was a good idea and that no one tried to stop this at any point. Yeah, as well as that, like, it contradicts what's happening in the preludes. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. Well, it contradicts and it doesn't because the whole thing's like, oh, Joker knows that Batman is getting married. We don't know yet they're explaining that in the tie-ins right now, but why is he bringing it up here if they're only going to explain it in the tie-ins anyway? Batman, furthermore, doesn't ask how you know because Batman doesn't say anything in this whole story. Yeah. And the thing is, in those in the tie-ins, especially in the Nightwing thing, it seeks in, it like everyone in the Bat family now knows the Joker knows. So yes. like, and then you read this issue and Batman just like turns up, lets a bunch of people get yeah. killed. And yep. just just stands there, says one word the whole time, then gets blown up. Yeah, because he falls into a trap because this is Tom King's Batman, and he hasn't met a trap that he doesn't absolutely love. Yeah. Here's here's the thing that did my head in. Batman told Catwoman to stay behind that this is too dangerous and I don't want you getting hurt. Does Batman not read the book? Catwoman can one punch flashes into yeah. submission, well, and she can sword fight Talia Al Ghul with zero training. I would want Catwoman on my side. We well, see that that that's what that's what like people were saying in my review. I'm like, oh, the next issue is going to be like Catwoman coming in and saving the day and and saving everyone from the evil Joker, and, and as well like the the dialogue for that that Cat was saying at the end. It seeks to imply that she's never met the Joker before. I'm like, she's met the fucking Joker before. She, she's just... she's fought the Joker before. <laughs> just living in Gotham City and being a supervillain, you're going to run across him at some point. Exactly. She's probably worked for him once. Yeah. Which, which again, again, war of jokes and riddles. Yeah. Yeah. Tom, Tom King wrote that. <laughs> He's forgetting stuff he wrote. Although he yeah. can blame him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know, right? What did, uh, what did someone say in my review? From like the most maddening thing about this book is me asking over and over again, "What do you mean, Tom King? What are you trying to tell me?" To which someone in my comment section said, what he's trying to tell you, Jill, is clear. Go read Mr. Miracle. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like that. Is, it seems like that. He's, 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 he's secret, secretly, subvertedly making this book really shit so people go read, like, his other work. He's, he's actively trying to tank this one so you go <laughs> read his other better stuff. <laughs> wow, I just... I, I wish one day that I could be such a successful comic writer that I could get people to give me an amazing art team who should be working on better things so I can do nothing but have the Joker talk for 20 pages and say nothing. Exactly. He, he, he didn't say anything throughout that whole issue. Nothing that we didn't already know that was, Batman get married, me sad now, why me no invited, then blah, 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 20 pages, tangent, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> uh, yeah again like the the stuff that's happening in the, in the tie-ins 
should be in this main book. As I said in the tie-ins, this should have been the lead-up to this, to this, yes. to the beginning of this this wedding. This should, instead of having that bullshit poison ivy and booster gold shit, yep. all that stuff should they should have just like knocked Tom King off and given these guys that are writing the 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 tie-ins those little those you know five issues to do that mm-hmm. and then have Tom King come back for the for the wedding. It would have made much more sense. Yeah. It's, and it's so funny, like, in the back of my head, too, I'm trying to think where it's like, okay, so, like, say say what we've been theorizing forever is true, and Tom King is secretly taking the piss out of Batman, and he secretly doesn't like him, and his whole arc is to just, like, you know, show that he actually sucks and is ineffectual and is bad for Gotham, but have, like, real Batman fans defend those choices while he's secretly pointing and laughing at him. Is the point of this Joker story, Tom King being like, oh, and I also hate the Joker because he's so empty nothing he says matters he's just here to monologue be a lot of sound and fury representative of nothing and batman might as well be quiet in these situations because writers are always more interested in writing the joker than batman it's just i don't know <laughs> yeah it, it's so it's so strange especially seeing like people defending this book like yeah as he said he's like actively trying to like tank the book it seems like it and then you have like these hardcore batman fans that are coming out to defend it when it's yeah. it's very apparent that it's like a terrible terrible book i i really think that tom king is just secretly laughing at everybody that that's his thing that he's on his pile of money with all of his bat merchandise in the dc offices just killing himself every month when these come out yeah yeah i I really don't understand how he's still on this book. It's it's a joke, right? Like, I feel like I'm in the Matrix, right? Like, <laughs> like we can see the code, right? We're we're not the only ones who see this, right? We're not crazy. Yeah, I I have no idea what the hell is going on. No, I really don't. And it's like, is, is that what he's trying to do with this book? Because again, Tom King isn't dumb. Again, he worked for no. the CIA. He's not dumb. He's not a hack writer. He can do better, but he's either falling on his face failing because this is like his first long-form book he's ever done. Everything else has been mini-maxi series. Either he doesn't know what he's doing or he absolutely knows what he's doing. And yeah. this is some weird Andy Kaufman performance art. Yeah, it's it's so strange. And it's even more strange that like everyone at DC lets him do it and just is yeah. like okay with it. Like no one picks up that book and goes, "Wow, what the fuck is going on in here?" Yeah. I, uh, I they, they've gone all in on him. They bet the horse on him. And I was talking to my buddy Sal and my other co-host Sal about this. We were we were actually looking at the numbers on this one where it's like, "Well, well how does it sell? How is the thing?" It actually goes up and down more than just about any other Batman book in the last couple of years, more than anything from when Snyder was doing it. Oh, jeez. So it has stops and starts, peaks and valleys. So, like, it went down a little bit during the Booster Gold thing, but then it shot up at the beginning of the newest arc. Then it went down a little bit, then it shot up. So people are reading it, getting fed up, waiting for something big to happen, like the Joker coming back, picking up again, dropping off, picking up. It'll be interesting to see how it does after the wedding, like the first issue, yes. pr- like after that, and whether it's just like still low numbers. Everyone's just on it until, you know, issue fifty or like whenever the wedding is like, and then checks out. That that seems to be the feeling that I'm getting from it, where everyone, like right. even the most staunch defenders, are like, "Wait till the wedding. Wait till we get there. This is the end game." Yeah, well, is it though? <laughs> is it because he keeps he keeps threatening that he's got like like issues past fifty and everything, and mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like you you can't mean that. 
Or it's like, oh, I have another 50-issue plan. Oh, so, like, maybe one or two actually decent one-offs in here and then just a bunch of filler in between? Yeah, that would pretty much be it. <laughs> Why do they keep throwing such good art at this, Matt? I think people trick themselves <laughs> into thinking it's good because the art is so good. Yeah, no, I think they. I think people think it's, it's good because it's Batman. It's like, oh, Batman can't be bad. Yeah, Batman hasn't been bad in the five years I've been reading since Scott Snyder. <laughs> That's the other thing, too, where it's like a lot of people are like, well, this is this is my first Batman run, or this is only my second Batman run ever, and I think it's great. I'm like, well, there you go. Yeah, well, there, there's your reason. <laughs> there you go. You don't have much to compare it to. But you know what? Enough, enough crapping on Tom King here for a minute. Let's change gears to something else. You know, we might as well talk about it because we were talking about how the tie-ins are better. Uh, Nightwing versus Hush was this week too. Yeah, and they, it was great. It was great. It, yeah. was, it was what a Batman issue should have been. It's everything I want from the main series right now. Tim Seeley is killing it. Please, everyone, go buy the tie-ins. Buy lots of them so maybe they'll consider making Seeley the new Batman <laughs> writer. <laughs> yeah, he gets these characters. He, he knows how to actually write a story with a beginning, middle, and end and tell it in that way. <laughs> And not only just that, but to also completely surprise you and go a different direction. Because yeah. you look at like, oh, you know, Ra Rachel Ghoul versus Damien, or like, oh, Nightwing versus Hush. I've seen these before. I know where they're going. Oh, he goes somewhere completely different with them. Yeah, then they're, they're not really ver versus books. No, uh, they're just like just stories involving these characters that yes. uh, that can explore something different. Like, in, like in this one, they go to like another universe that's between universes. Mm -hmm. Betwixt. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we have uh, Nightwing duke it out with Hush, the whole reason being that the Joker told Hush that uh, Batman was getting married. Yeah, apparently the Joker knows, and he's telling all the other villains, but we don't know how the Joker found out. It's it's a whole big thing. And Hush is like, oh, well, I, Tommy Elliot, am Bruce Wayne's best friend, so obviously I should be his best man, no? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, they, and he interrupts the, the, the bachelor party of Bruce Wayne, which is just like which, him, Superman, and Dick. <laughs> Yeah, which I love to death that Superman throws the most wholesome bachelor party ever. <laughs> we're going to an earth that's a mile wide that only has a lake and a boat on it. <laughs> and we're going to fish and we're going to have so much fun. And then they're like, uh, well, how do they justify, you know, these guys knowing each other and hanging out with each other? Oh, they never get out of costume. Well, where can they go where they won't be judged for being in costume? Oh, they go to the Batman-themed burger joint in Gotham. It's yeah. like, oh. Okay, clever, clever, Tim Seeley. Yeah, see, he's using he's using stuff like this, and they even reference like that Tom King where he eats it with a fork, which is probably like the last good thing Tom King did for Batman. Yeah, he's like eating genuine. eating burgers with a fork and everything. That's funny, because of course he would. It's it's great too because Tom or Tim Seeley even goes out of his way to explain shit that Tom King never bothered to. Where yeah. it's like, well, wait, how can Batman and Catwoman get married? Won't that cause some issues when the billionaire playboy marries the thief with a jail record and everything and he's like no no it's only batman and catwoman that are getting married they're getting married in secret for just that reason yeah yeah and i'm like thank you tim seeley for actually bothering <laughs> to explain this shit <laughs> which in like five pages in like not even five pages like in five sentences oh okay that's how yeah yeah again like it's he just thinks about it before he writes it <laughs> Uh, again, I'm reminded too. Tim Seeley and Tom King actually worked together on that Grayson book back in the day. Yeah, which probably explains why he got this gig to write the tie-ins because they know each other. Can they can they work together again, please? Yeah, can, can Tim Seeley be like like 
the Brian Azzarello to to the Mark Millar of the Dark Knight Three, just like the spray bottle, just no, 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 no Tom. Bad, bad. No, you have to explain things, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> no, Catwoman can't do that. No. No, she can do some of these things, but you have to work up to it. <laughs> no one's saying she can't be cool, Tom, but just you ha- have reasons and don't do it so transparently every issue. <laughs> and then don't go on Twitter and get mad when people call you out on it. <laughs> that too, also don't do that. But yeah, so Nightwing and Hush fight, it's cool. Uh, Seely obviously gets Nightwing as he should because he wrote mm-hmm. him for a very long time, both in Grayson and his solo series. Seely even makes an argument here where it's like, nah, you know what, a Hush should be a Nightwing villain. Yeah, he, he really should. Yeah. They're both Absolutely like the can. best friends of Bruce. Yeah, they're both fighting for that reason. Hush even having kind of a change in character, being like, you know, I thought I wanted to change my face to be Bruce, you know, because he destroyed me and he tried to write me out of history and everything. I wanted to take everything he had. But in reality, I don't hate him. I love him. He's my friend. You know, when we spent time as children, it was the only time I ever felt safe and whole. I don't want to be Bruce Wayne. I want to be you, Dick Grace, and I want to be his son, sidekick, and ward. Do you think that's like him, like saying, "Hey, I got if uh, if if you need someone to write Nightwing again, I can come back and do this do this hush story." Yeah, did the jumping off here? <laughs> I've got, I've got it in my back. He even leaves this one open-ended yeah. because Hush kind of gets lost in that universe. And I'm like, oh, that feels like Seely plans to go back to that at some point. Yeah, he really does. Uh, it's just in a tie-in for this vastly in, 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 inferior book. And yeah, it's a lot yeah. better than it had any reason to be. And they even bring it full circle to a nice little story, too, of Dick asking Batman, where it's like, well, well who should be your best man? Bruce, I'm fine if you pick Superman. He's literally a golden demigod, but if you wanted me to do it, I'd do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's a really cool story. Yeah, it was just nice and it was sweet. Has probably one of my favorite lines for Lois Lane, and that is Lois just wanted them to get strippers like normal people. <laughs> <laughs> I love that that's Lois's idea where it's like, oh my god, you you know, idiots in spandex just get strippers like normal people. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine like Clark, he's there at the dinner table, like sort of like going through like, he's like, okay, we're mm. going to go do this and then this and then this and then this. Let's just get strippers. <laughs> we're going to the fishing dimension and we're going to get hamburgers and it's going to be a wholesome fun <laughs> night. <laughs> and everyone's going to have so much fun. It's like, oh, Smallville, jeez. <laughs> And then Batman at the end to be like, look, Dick, if you ever get married, let's let's just get dancers and not do alternate dimensions and hush fights and everything <laughs> else. Let's just keep it easy. <laughs> but yes, that that was a fun one. We we like Tim Seeley here on the comic multiverse, and we're glad he got to write these. And it's nice to enjoy Batman wedding-centric story. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. This is this is might be one of the first times ever where I say skip the main story, yeah. just read the tie-ins. Yeah, that's what that's what like really confused me about it. I'm like, these tie-ins are like telling the whole story, and the main book isn't. Yeah. If if you want to understand things, read the tie-ins. If you want to enjoy it, read the vastly superior tie-ins. <laughs> Which again, those are words I bet you never thought I would say. Vastly superior tie-ins. <laughs> But yeah, that was that was a really good one. Uh, what else did you have this week, Matt? Uh, well, I switched things over to Marvel, and they had a bunch of new number ones. And I literally, just before we started this, read Doctor Strange issue one. How was that? See, I didn't pick that up. This is Mark Wade's new one where he's sending, uh, he's sending the Doctor into space. I, I, I am all in. I am all in on this arc. Nice. Um, so we find out that 
Stephen is losing his mojo, losing his magic, and uh, yeah, yeah. But this is this is really interesting. First, he goes he goes blind, but it's not like normal sight blind. He goes blind to like the things he can see magically, and then he starts losing like he can't like read read any of the ancient texts anymore because none of it makes sense because he can't see it. His cloak of levitation stops working with him because his magic's failing. All the stuff about him starts feeling his hold over his his injured hands goes, so he starts like shaking, oh. and he doesn't know what to do. And no, no other magician knows what to do either. So he turns to Tony Stark and asks, because he's like, "Hey, Tony, you you know you were an alcoholic. You you your life was a ruin, and you sort of picked yourself back up. How did you do that?" And Tony says, "Oh, you know, I just." it's like my armor it needs a recharge and i think maybe mm. your magic needs a recharge and he can't access earth's magic but he can access alien magic so tony's and like it makes just... sense too because so much of marvel's you know lore around magic is it came from space yeah and tony's like i'll oh, just go to space and go find some alien magic and that might work so he lends him a spaceship and he ends up crash landing on a planet that they like don't know you. what magic is <laughs> nice yeah that and, sounds like a pretty decent setup yeah and it seems to imply that like he's gonna have to like get through most of this story without magic so he has to sort of oh. rely on skills that he hasn't used in a while as well as like the he, magic was always like a crutch for him so yeah, he's like yeah, oh yeah. i can just you know make it disappear with the magic he can't do that now so he's got to be a bit more smart man writing writing magical characters is hard what do we do eh, take their magic away <laughs> take the yeah, well it's like 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 superman stories how do we make him it's interesting exactly take his powers away it's exactly like that there hits a point where it's like man you know these characters are too powerful what do we do take his power away right on yeah. make him fight to get it back right on yeah but yeah it seems really interesting there and it's interesting as well that they're not including the guardians as of yet not yet but there's time yeah there's time there's time uh, I guess while we're on the subject of number ones, uh, I read the Immortal Hulk issue number one. I did as well. Yeah, this, again, talk about everything that's old is new again. You could not ask for a more back-to-basics original recipe Hulk story than this. It really is. It's, it's, it's a horror story. It is, which is perfect for the Hulk because he's a monster and he hasn't been scary in a long time, but you should be scared of the Hulk. <laughs> you really should be. <laughs> Especially this Hulk, who is smart, can talk, and can also shit-talk you. Yep, yep. But before he breaks every bone in your body, he fucks with you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this, again, the, the only thing this was missing was, like, the sad walking-away music from the Bill Bixby TV show. <laughs> he really it's literally, was. It's Bruce Banner walking the highways and byways of America, doesn't know where he fits in with the Marvel Universe anymore after being resurrected in uh, No Surrender. Uh, he goes to a gas station the gas station gets robbed by like some meth head he and a bunch of people end up getting shot dead the only difference is that as we discovered with the hulk hulk does not stay dead banner feels all the pain of dying but boom as soon as night falls the hulk brings him back to life yeah i like that like 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 werewolf aspect of it where like like if he dies during the day it's fine and then night like the hulk comes out i think that's pretty cool makes him more of a monster it does makes him much more of a monster and it also brings it back to like some classic stuff with bruce banner where he's like oh you know woe is me i will never be free of the hulk even if i was to try and kill myself my uh, adrenal glands would kick in and i'd hulk out and he'd like catch the bullet yeah 
for everything. Here it's like, oh, no, no, you can die, Bruce Banner. You can die a lot, and you'll feel the pain. It'll mess with you, but the Hulk won't even let you die. Yeah, yeah, the Hulk will still hold on to you. And then not only that, but use your great mind for his own Mm -hmm. doing which is i guess doling out justice to like methods and bikers (laughs) yeah he's basically become like the green punisher now and it's funny he messes up a bunch of bikers in this story who are the dogs of hell who are the Mm -hmm. bikers from the netflix shows and from uh agents of shield i thought that was a nice little connection yeah and we have it right down to where it's like the press and the cops are chasing after him you know you just know it's only a matter of time until they open up a cell and they're like oh hey general ross we need you to go hunt the hulk across america again that that'd be pretty cool i bet you like the end of this arc beginning of the next one that's going to be the thing that they get general ross out of military prison it's like we need you to go hunt the hulk you're the best at it either that or they'll send like like abomination or something after him like that too. yeah but, but yeah they'll resurrect him or they'll make a new yeah. one yeah but yeah it was it was a really cool really cool issue the only thing that like i would have done differently is i wouldn't have shown the hulk the entire issue until like that last panel where you see him in the mirror and just like play up the whole monster thing a little bit more yeah it's it's a great v- image too of you know banner seeing the hulk in the mirror they even brought back that relationship to where hulk hates banner more than anything yeah they were cool with each other for a little bit there, but now they're back to absolutely hating each other. Yeah, and, and again, it's probably because, like, like all Banner wants to do is die, but Hulk doesn't want to. Yep, you're done with you when I say you're done. Yeah. Spoiler, we're never done. <laughs> we're going to do this forever, you and I. But yeah, Hulk Hulk was really nice. Yeah. I, I say nice. Nice is probably the bad word to describe <laughs> it. it. It's horrifying, and that's pretty nice. <laughs> It's a real monster book, and that's good. Yeah. Uh, now, what else did you have, Matt? Uh, I had Green Arrow issue 41. Ah, see, I didn't read that yet. You're beating me to my favorite here, but I did skim with through it. This is Green Arrow Supermax. This is the movie they kept saying they would yeah. make, but never did. Yeah, that's what I say with my review. Yeah, he's tasked by, like, the Justice League and Superman to take uh, Parasite to, like, a court hearing. Uh, he's brought back to, like, I guess it was Strikers Island. It's, it's not very yeah. clear which prison it was. I'm pretty sure it's Strikers Island. Um, probably Supermax. And he like he like freaks out and doesn't want to go back in because he's you know always tortured and shit. Um, mm. And he hulks out. He manages to get it, Mammoth. The, the villain Mammoth spits on mm, him. The Teen Titans villain spits on him, and because he's super strong, he gets like like Parasite absorbs that and gets like Love it. the the Mammoth strength and just wrecks everything in the prison releases like all these prisoners like count vertigo dr phosphorus kryptonite man all these it, all these villains it. and they they all like underestimate oliver they're like oh it's just a guy with a bow what is he gonna do we got and this. he takes he takes them like all out and he takes out like king shark and all these people uh all while like like seriously injured like he has his shoulder dislocated he's cracked ribs all this it's john mcclain basically basically yeah it's really even funny he like loses one of his shoes as well yeah. <laughs> so he's like kind of running around half barefoot <laughs> it's nice that the bensons know exactly what they're doing with this and they're really they're really upping green arrows importance to the rest yeah. of the dc universe and like he's working directly with the justice league and he's got the justice league kill switch now 
I'm glad they're actually taking Green Arrow seriously finally. Yeah, and, and it's good is it, you can kind of do that now since we've had we had those arcs where he had to deal with all that stuff in Star City. That's all out of the way now. He can come back into the DC universe at, as at large and and be part of like the Justice League, though not technically on the Justice League, though he technically yeah. was on the Justice League in Justice yeah. League 1. <laughs> He's 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 like a Batman in the Justice League cartoon series. I'm a part time member. I'll never join, but I'll be in every adventure though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm a part time member, but you know, call me whatever. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was a really fun issue, and he's he's off to hunt like Parasite through the sewers of of the prison, which is really cool. Sweet. Sounds like something I am going to be all about when yeah. I get a chance to actually that, read it. Well, that's the thing. This is just like a filler arc until they get like the the uh, the next main writers in, and but it's like really good. I, I didn't, didn't have the new writers. I don't I think so. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure this is a filler arc. I, I read somewhere I, that it's like because it's going to go on like a big break until like August. Okay. Well, because the yeah, no, this is um, uh, this is who's writing this. Marguerite yeah. Scott. Really? Yeah. That's friggin' insane because the Bensons are taken over and the Bensons wrote the uh what is it? Wrote the the annual that was a Justice League No Justice time. Yeah. How weird is that? You go from a time written by the new people to a filler arc. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe things got changed around or something. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's going through the same problems detective is going through. Yep. Yep. Which, yeah, I follow Brian Hill on Twitter, and he's like, oh, just put in my final issue for Detective Comics. And I'm like, it's not even out yet, and you're only just finishing now. <laughs> Jesus, when are they going to announce the new team? <laughs> Stop leaving me waiting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I guess, too, to switch it over to Marvel there for a second. Uh, Infinity Countdown number four was this week also. Yeah, Guardians issue five, four, 160 or something. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but hey, there was there was other stuff going on. It was also a very, very big Galactus Silver Surfer centric issue. Hey, that would have been in the Guardians issue regardless. <laughs> they, they, they probably would have been in there anyway too. But yeah, I, I like it. The Guardians have won. They're celebrating, but they don't get to celebrate long because uh, hey, again, in Marvel, everything that's old is new again. So we can't celebrate the Guardians as too much of heroes yet. We need them to be at odds with the Nova Corps because they're the law of the universe and they're the lawless pirates. So we got to do that. <laughs> yeah, for the Power Stone, which Drax just ends up taking, and you know, which I love that. I love yeah. Drax being the only adult in the room and being like, "Look, if you're all gonna fight over this, if you're all gonna talk about being Infinity Corps, just just give me, just give me it." Yeah, yeah, you can have this back when you learn to be adults. <laughs> yeah, when you can play nice. And hey, if you want to take it from me, I dare any of you to try. <laughs> uh, we get some cool stuff with the Collector and the Grandmaster in there. They finally explain the deal with the Reality Stone, and that is, hey, when the universe got rewritten, every universe traded Reality Stones, and Reality yeah. Stones only work on their original Earth. Yeah, so the reality stone in the 616 universe belongs to a different universe, which uh, we kind of sort of visit when Phyla Vell from that universe comes over to collect it. But she looked so fucking cool. <laughs> she did as well, and so did Moondragon. Yeah, with a dragon tattoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just so you know, it's it's Moondragon. And, the Moondragon with the dragon tattoo. And they, they know who Requiem is. Um, yes, who is our new villain who we discover... Requiem was the one making Puck the Space Troll build what we thought was a new Infinity Gauntlet, but no, it was a mask. Yeah, it was an Infinity Mask. 
Oh no, Infinity Mask. <laughs> it literally was. It's like an infinity symbol. So. It's got an eight there, so yeah, it's an infinity. <laughs> and uh, hey, Galactus helps Adam, Warlock, and Silver Surfer defeat Pimtron and take his stone back. Yeah, take his. He would he have Soul Stone? Yes, he did. Yeah, and um, yeah, he 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 escapes. So he he curse you, Adam, Adam Warlock, and then escapes I'll on like be a. Back. Yeah, yeah, as he flies off into the air in like that twinkle they do in anime yes he, he got beat up like team rock it looks like pimtron's blasting <laughs> off again oh man speaking of anime can we talk about how amazing it was to see the silver surfer and adam warlock team up and do like a father-son kamehameha on pimtron was that not the sickest shit that was pretty cool I'm like, oh my god, I didn't know I wanted this until I got it. Please do that more often. <laughs> Have awesome cosmic characters be like, oh, let's team up. Yeah, that, that, oh, they can't team up anymore because Silver Surfer no. returns to being the Herald. Yep, the, the the new Herald, same as the old Herald. Yeah, again, they're, they're like setting stuff up for like, I imagine, the Fantastic Four book. You know, he's mm. back, they're back to being what they, they originally were. And yep. I imagine Doom's going to be back soon. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they found a good reason for it, and that is that Galactus didn't want to give up being the life bringer, yeah. but he had to for the greater good. Yeah. And he's still a little vindictive that Norrin Rad made him do. And he's like, okay, well, if I got to go back, you got to go back too. Yeah. And that also like brings into question, like, like he's a world, world devourer now, but like, is he going to be a good one? Like, is he, yeah. is he still, like, he, he had to do this. It was like forced upon him, but does that mean yeah. he's going to be evil? I mean, like, that's the thing you could argue all day. Is Galactus inherently evil? Jude's hungry is the thing. <laughs> if, if he doesn't eat, he dies. He has heralds for just that reason. It's like, okay, go there and make sure they're cool with being eaten. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, that's literally your job. Go and make sure they're cool with being, I got to eat something. And if I can't eat this planet, I just got to go find another one to eat. And I'm never <laughs> not hungry. <laughs> That's, that's why I always thought Galactus was a fascinating character. It's like, is it evil? He's a huge cosmic entity, so by his point of view, he's pre he probably doesn't view himself as evil. The people on the planet's getting eaten certainly view him as evil. <laughs> Where he's like, look, guys, you got to see it from my point of view. <laughs> it's a big, messed-up universe. <laughs> but yeah, that was fun. We got one more issue after this, and basically all the pieces have already been moved in order for Infinity Wars. I'm going to guess... The final issue of Countdown will be the big inciting incident that'll kick it off. Requiem will probably uh, reveal themselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Requiem will yeah come and like take all the stone. The stones will all be gathered somewhere because we still mm. haven't like like what the fuck is going on with the Super Scroll? Like we haven't seen them in ages. Oh yeah, that's right. Super Scroll's got the time one. Yeah. Like what 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 are they going to be? In? Like we haven't seen them since like the first issue. Maybe. Yeah, we got a couple. We got a couple more tie-ins to deal with before we actually get to Infinity Wars. There's the Black Widow one. There's the two-part Champions one. And then yeah. Yeah, there's oh, a yeah, dark, dark, dark Hawk one this week. I'm not reading the Dark Hawk one. Yeah. Hey, it's pretty good. Is it? I mean, I'm sure it is, but it's just like, how, what big and important thing is going to happen in Dark Hawk? Yeah, well, it's 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 tying into that the the uh, the no uh, Richard Rider story his brother yeah there i uh i did like the captain marvel one because it was literally the captain marvel writer being like man 
we sure screwed up with this character along the way, didn't we? <laughs> Oops. So, sorry for the career, the, for the character assassination that was Civil War Two. I promise I didn't write that. Yeah, she, 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 she knows she, she was, she did wrong in that. We, we know she did wrong in that. The writer of that did not know. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the whole issue. Uh, I'm sorry, mistakes yeah. were made. Man, Carol has a pretty cool history, though, doesn't she? <laughs> and I'm sure after the movie, everything will be put back to normal, just like everything was put back by Iron Man's movie when he fucked up. <laughs> People, people forget that we hated Iron Man after the original Civil War as well. Yeah, yeah. And it took a while. It took, like, to World War Hulk and the movie before we kind of all got back on his side again. Mm, yeah. To which I like that story even said where it's like, look, what, did you want it the other way around? Did you want uh, Iron Man to kill Captain Marvel or to comatose her? Then everyone would have hated Iron Man again. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter what would have happened. One character was getting character assassinated. <laughs> just the way that story goes when ben just don't give a hell yeah but yeah so that was infinity countdown it was pretty fun it was good it was it was decent yeah i thought it was okay uh i only read one more comic and it was justice league okay well, let's talk about that but let, let, let us talk about the justice league or as you could also call it martian manhunter and his amazing friends yeah yeah I'm I'm totally okay with Scott Snyder smuggling us a Martian Manhunter story as a Justice League book. Yeah, well, especially since he's been away for a long time. I, I'm more than happy for him to be front and center. Me too. It's like, look, I can read about Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman all the time. Can't read about John. What's going on in your life, John? Yeah. The the only thing I didn't like is that this, it, it, like, like what, what's the threat? Like, it's a laser from space, but, like, yeah, it's, like, bigger and more dangerous than yeah. metal and the omega titans and the omega that's and, annoying where it's like look it's another cosmic threat bigger than the last two cosmic threats that we told you was the biggest cosmic threat that's that's what i I've, i said in my review about like scott snyder's like all his books seem to be that way it's like they have like an arc and then like the next arc will be well you thought that last threat was big this new one is slightly bigger <laughs> Yeah, you can you can only up your ante so many times until you have nowhere to go. It's gotten more prevalent as well, in and more like obvious, like from metal to no justice to this. It's it's sad but true. They try and play with the idea where they're like, well, maybe this thing from the source wall isn't inherently evil. Is the thing as Cyborg and Martian Manhunter talked about, like you know, the keys to upgrading humanity, the thing that might just let us take the next level, or it could kill us. We don't know, but it could be the good thing. Yeah, and again, that's like, like, didn't you like already kind of do something like that in like metal, where you said like the metal upgraded humanity with like metahuman powers and. He does actually mention the metal here for a second. He does actually yeah. mention tenth metal, but that only led me to like, yeah, what happened to the tenth metal? Did you did you so, guys uh, like sweep that up? John or? John John Stewart has a, as a contingency to shoot shit in space with. <laughs> That's fine. I'm okay with that. I, I, I respect Jon Stewart's judgment to shoot 10th metal <laughs> into space. Which, yeah, he, he's going to be joining the team too, and so is Hot Girl. Yeah, yeah, they're all, like, like core members now. Yeah, um, well, everyone seems to be a member now. We had all the teams acting together in this one. Yeah, fighting Vandal Savage, of all people. Yes, and his army of Neanderthals from deep within the earth and deep within the sky. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. They're like, uh, it's like Dungeons and Dragons. If a monster lives somewhere, it takes on the element of the place it lives. Yeah, I thought thought that was pretty cool. 
like you, you could probably answer this but like was was vandal like trying to save the earth from that laser because he knew about it and he he like cracked the earth to like move it that's kind of the thing they seek to imply that he was trying to do something and that's usually vandal savage's characterization where it's like look well i have to save the earth because i'm gonna live forever on it and if it gets destroyed there's no point <laughs> yeah i'm like well just go to space just go to space. Yeah, well, but I like the Earth, though. I've lived here for millions of years. I do like uh, Lex Luthor and his Legion of Doom just kind of pimping on in and being like, oh, sorry, Vandal Savage, were you doing something? I'm going to let you finish, but we had the best villainous plan of all time. So. <laughs> and we also took over your base without you knowing him because I have a magical doorknob. <laughs> yes, yeah, super magical doorknob. And also, here's my villain team. How did you get them all to work for you? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Which joker is this? I don't know. Uh it's Black a Panther it's a sane Joker because he's fine with just like standing around. Yeah, really, and talking and not saying anything. Uh, but Black Manta was just happy to be invited. Yeah. <laughs> hey, someone <laughs> remembered me. Yeah. Thank you guys for letting me join you. I don't really get out much and meet many people. <laughs> <laughs> it feels good to know that I'm the most well-known Aquaman villain. Well, we wanted to invite his brother, Ocean Master, but he wouldn't return our calls. Oh, oh, <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm the second choice, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and, and again, again, like, Lex, like, is, I guess, evil now, but, like, he doesn't... He, I, As I said in my review, I like the Lex that doesn't think he's evil, thinks he's a hero, and that's what this one is, but, like, I'm yeah. like, he's kind of a villain. He, like, beat Vandal Savage to death, basically. Just the doorknob. <laughs> at least his aspirations are a little different than I want to conquer the world. It's like, no, I want to save the world. I've, I've taken what I've learned in my time as a hero and working with the Justice League, and I'm now applying that to my new work, which shows a certain amount of character growth. Yeah, I'm applying that to my super villainry. <laughs> which, which is what you do. You gotta, you gotta take your skills and apply them, you know? <laughs> That's that that that's what life's all about. Yeah. But yeah, it, good start. Even if we could nitpick it to death, which we just did. Yeah, yeah. Overall, it's pretty good. Miles better than the hitch stuff that proceeded. Oh yeah, oh yeah, miles better. Miles better, and definitely more in line with what most people want with a Justice League book than the Christopher Priest stuff. Even though you and I quite enjoyed the Christopher Priest stuff, yeah. we both agreed. Yeah, this is not. This is not what a main universe Justice League book should be. Yeah, yeah, that that stuff was good, but yeah, it wasn't what it should have been. The Hitch stuff was a really goddamn good Elseworlds, <laughs> is what that one was. But yeah, that's that's basically everything I read this week. I have Nightwing in front of me that I haven't finished yet. I have Green Arrow that I haven't read, Deathstroke that I haven't read yet, and like Daredevil from last week that I haven't read yet. Okay. Uh, was that everything you had read? Everything you wanted to talk about? Yeah, pretty much. All right, then I guess we can start winding down the show. That's pretty much exactly an hour 30, which is what we always shoot for here anyway. Yep. All righty then, everyone. Thank you so much for coming out. We hope you enjoyed the show. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording it. Uh, glad I can do the show on the road. Uh, I guess, uh, do you have anything coming up, Matt, you want to talk about? Anything at all? Uh, not, not really. I'm going to be uh, tuning into E3 and doing my, my twitter comments and everything me too so if you're a patron and get to listen to this first be sure to follow up me and matt being catty about it as we love to do <laughs> hell if we can work out our schedule maybe we should try and live stream one just for the hell of it yeah yeah 
I mean, we're going to be making comments about it anyway. It was a comment where people can hear us. <laughs> we got we got jokes and jokes and jokes, we tell you. Yeah. We're the Statler and Waldorf of video games <laughs> for, 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 a, for a couple days a year. <laughs> hey, look, it's that card game that's not Hearthstone or Gwent. Yeah, that no one gives a shit about. <laughs> hey, look, it's Andrew WK. I love him, but everyone in the crowd looks confused. <laughs> Yeah, who is this fella? Why is do, Samurai do, do Cop get, on the stage? <laughs> do do I get to play Andrew WK in Rage Two? Oh, that, that was a missed that was a missed up? opportunity for the the that you know instead of instead of doing uh, that pre order shit in game footage, they should have just said you could play as Andrew WK. Get a skin. And that, like forget generic Walker Texas Ranger. We're actually playing as. That's what we need. We need full celebrity integration. Where it's like look on its own. Rage 2, kind of a little derivative. It's a little Doom, it's a little Fallout, it's a little of all these other games. But you actually get to play as the real Andrew WK in the apocalypse, and he sings and he shoots. Sign me up. <laughs> Look, if it works for Shaq Fu, it can work for this. <laughs> yeah, if it works and for Shaq Fu in Crackdown, then it works for this. That's it. Oh, you mean Terry Crews Simulator 2018? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where you just play Terry Crews' everyday life. He wakes up, cracks down, goes to sleep, cracks down. <laughs> uh, and on that note, everyone, thank you so much for watching and listening. We will be back again next week. Bye-bye. See ya.